Hi. Do you think friendship is just magical? So magical it could defeat a killer clown? Or an interdimensional alien demon with a flower face? Let's talk about it. And welcome to the Losers Party. I'm Allie. I'm Chloe. And today we are talking about the platonic relationships and Stranger Things and it, as well as the group dynamics between the party and the Losers Club. Mm. This episode is going to be a little different because it comes in two parts. There are just too many complex characters and complex relationships to condense it into an hour. So we're going to spend an hour today talking about Stranger Things, and next week we're going to release another episode talking just about The Losers Club. So uh, if you're only here for one and not the other... That's cool. Yeah, it'll work out this time. It's cut up, it's cut up this time. <clears throat> right, which one do you want to start with? I think I want to start with... to say about the losers club but i think we should start with uh the party just because there's a lot of different dynamics within the party the losers club there's a lot of different characters a lot of different relationships but they all love each other very much in the same way whereas i feel with the party there's just a lot of really really different relationships really different so Mm -hmm. i want to talk about more of the contrasting relationships okay so we will start with the party um the first thing that I kind of wanted to get into that I think is interesting that I think maybe makes all of those different complex relationships so unique from one to the next is that there's this whole thing about the time that they've all been friends. So it's like Lucas and Mike grew up together, literally lived across the street from each other, were born probably around the exact same time, kind of like friends before they even had the option of being friends, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then they met Will in kindergarten, Dustin moved in the fourth grade, and then of course Elle, and then Max comes even later. Right. So there are all of these varying degrees of not only friendship, but also varying degrees of like, a, I don't want to say loyalty, but I think that might be the only word that fits. Not loyalty, but like, I don't want to say servitude, but like devotion to each other. Yeah, devotion's a good word. <clears throat> um... Because I I, I do, I think that it is kind of, it has a couple of different layers, Mm -hmm. right? Like, they're all dorks, so they kind of don't have any other option. Like, they have to stick together because who else, who else is going to want to fucking hang out with them? I put the three different types of relationships I see within the party you can you can witness easily just by separating the six of them into pairs 
Um, so it's like, what I've noticed, majorly, majorly what I've noticed is, let's take good old Lucas Sinclair, that crazy ass bitch, um, and his relationship with Dustin. Mm-hmm. And then we can take Mike and his relationship with Will, and the contrasts between those two relationships are insane. Yeah, it's crazy. Really insane. I feel as though it's with Dustin and Lucas, um, more of their manhood comes out. More of just, like, their masculinity comes out, especially in season two when they are mostly just fighting over a girl. (laughs) And fighting over, like, loyalty and fighting over, like, You um, broke the rules. Exactly. Fighting over, like, leadership. All this shit. Everybody's being brought in that shouldn't. Like, what's Steve doing here? What's she doing here? And it's, like, this weird battle for dominance. For sure. In a healthy way, in a kid way, but still... They have this back and forth that only most men seem to have, which is kind of, um, they're at a battle of wits with each other all the time, like, who's leading, who's planning, who's doing this, you know, they're all doing equal amounts of work to solve the issue, whatever the issue is, but their relationship itself, very, very contrasted between easily Will and uh, Mike, who are the two more sensitive kids and so when you more put, emotional exactly when you put them together all you really see is their vulnerability and their sensitivities yeah that's actually something that I wanted <clears throat> to kind of talk about was the fact that um Dustin kind of treats everybody the same mm. he's gonna treat L the exact same way that he's gonna treat Mike yeah because he's caring and he's funny and he is kind of just a goofball yeah he's the great equalizer he's he's a big equalizer and I feel like Lucas is also going to treat everybody the same but with a catch like he is always going to tell you exactly how he thinks and feels he's not going to sugarcoat things he's going to be the one who has like the good ideas and the good advice but I think that he doesn't really have the same empathy that a lot of the other kids have. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that that really shows whenever it's it's like his, uh, what is self-serving? Right. He was way more willing to be open and honest with Max than he was with Elle. And maybe that's just because he learned his lesson. I was going to say maybe Max was a lesson for him in sympathy and empathy because like this kid comes from a nice home from a nice town and the most it seems he's really dealt with is um you know this interdimensional alien thing um which doesn't doesn't seem to play a lot on his character but as soon as max comes to town we see this like entirely different side of lucas that we'd never seen before right and you're like what (laughs) What's this kid doing here? He got all sweet. He's getting sweet. He's getting empathetic. He's he's understanding. He's putting him his, himself in other kids' shoes. Whereas before, I mean, being 12 is hard. Yeah. But um, he didn't seem to do the same actions, even with Elle. So you're like, oh, maybe he's just like that with women or something like that. Maybe just with, with, like that with girls. But he wasn't like that with Elle. He didn't give no, a shit. No, he did not give a single Girl shit about her. Mm-hmm. So it, and I mean, like, she was a little scary. 
But yeah. I also think that there's just such a big difference. I feel like that is so pivotal. You can right see, the you, way that each of them handled finding her, mm-hmm. and he just wanted no part of it. Right, and it's like, where's your empathy, man? It's like, well, I am twelve. <laughs> right, don't really need to develop that but yet. But more than that, I'm a twelve year old boy in the eighties with a father who's is, a veteran. Is the key word to that, and so it's like, <clears throat> how's this kid gonna take it? Um. And it's like, it makes sense. Lucas as a character is perfect and needed, and he's like... Oh my gosh, He's yeah. a pillar in the show, but at the same time, he's changing. And I think we're only going to see him continue to change. Whereas him and good old Dusty, I think their relationship is going to remain overall the same. Mm-hmm. Maybe duking it out a little bit, kind of a back-and-forth dynamic like they had in season two, but... but I think Lucas already, from meeting Max, could tell that that was the reason why Mike was acting so different in season one. He was like, oh, girls are dope. This is what it's like (laughs) to have girl feelings. He's like, oh, I like her special. Yeah, I'm going out of my way. I'm going behind Mike and Destin's back to tell her all this shit because I like her. Yeah. Makes so much sense now. And now you can see why Lucas oh and Mike did gosh, not have to be. Oh my gosh, what a perfect parallel. Mm-hmm. What a perfect parallel. And now they don't really have beef. Him and Destin kind of had a little bit of beef, but like healthy beef. But you can you can see, and he's changed because of that. Wow. That is, uh, wow, Chloe. That's something that I never even really gathered is yeah. that. You know, Lucas was like, you're, you know, you're screwing over the party. You only care about this dumb mm-hmm. girl, which is, like, kind of really true. Yeah, yeah. And then he did the exact same thing, mm-hmm. and Mike just wasn't around to be like, um. Same thing. You did you did the thing same, that you said I shouldn't do. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's great. That's really great. Okay. Oh, Lucas Sinclair. I think about him a lot. I think about that kid all the time because he's so controversial. He's so good. For so many things that make sense and for so many um, things that don't, you know. For people sure. blame him for a lot of things, hate on him for a lot of things, and it's like, you gotta appreciate the kid more. He's he's a good. He's a good. He's a really good kid. I, <clears throat> I definitely think that Lucas is somebody who I, I, I do. I like to write like a write for him and write about him and analyze him because there's just such a difference between him and Mike between him and the other three boys really and the biggest difference is that he has a good relationship with his dad Mm -hmm. and because his dad was also like it's referenced that his dad was in the Vietnam War, and his dad kind of seems like this more militant type dude, he's more militant. Like, Mm -hmm. Lucas is very, like, order, structure, logic, plans, you know, doing my own thing. you can see him being, like, the chief in the future. Yeah, You can see him being a lieutenant in the future. You can see him doing things that need order and leadership, because that's just kind of his M.O., it seems. And you thought that was Mike in season one. You're like, this is Mike's MO. He's a leadership. And really, he's kind of just a bossy pants. It's much more Lucas <laughs> that, wa- that wants to lead for the sake of leadership. No, I definitely think that that Lucas you know? would make a better quote-unquote leader. Not like, that I don't think the party needs a leader, to no. be honest. Not to say I that, think... but the boys. 
think they do. The or boys think, think they Dooku. do. Yeah, and I mean, frick, if anyone's going to be the leader, it's going to be Max or L. Like, let's be I really gonna honest. I was going to say, it was going to be Max. She yeah. kind of took initiative. <laughs> yeah, she was like, you Season two. fucks. Yeah, and let's... it's not like L would want to no, be I... leader. I was like, that's not my shit. What the she's fuck? She's like, please leave me alone. But. Let me rest. You know, she's the savior here. She's mm-hmm. Jesus. She's not goddamn the priest, you know? So, <laughs> what I think... But that leads me to my third pairing. Telling tell you splitting them off, seeing the different dynamics. My third pairing, which kind of represents the shittier part of the party, is uh, everybody's kind of egos. Everybody has a big ego, it Everyone seems. Does have and a you big can ego. see that come out. Um, the last pair is Ellen Max. So I'm assuming in season three they're going to be besties. That's, That's my yeah. wishful thinking. That's what it looks like. Yeah, but currently, as we have them now, not in our wildest daydreams, but who they are to each other right now, where we left off, was they, Elle made it very clear that she felt competitive with Max. And I feel like there's a big ego and a big competitiveness within the party as well. So as much as they love each other, and they've grown with each other, there's still what, again and again, what is the biggest issue when it comes to the party is everybody seems to be in a competition with except each for other. Will. Yeah, except for Will, and but even then, Will's kind of pissed that he's not considered <clears throat> competition too. That's Will's true. like I'm just written off as this dork. That's this weirdo, and everybody treats me differently. The kid doesn't want to be treated differently. Even the kid jumps into fights, too. You know what I mean? Like, the Ghostbusters scene? He's all, hey! (laughs) Knock it off! (laughs) I, like, the kid would be so much different and so much more headstrong if all that shit didn't happen to him the year before. I agree. Yeah, that's true. He's just some kid. But that's just the way I think about it. That's kind of where my brain has categorized them. Is you have, um, you know, the very sensitive side of the party. You have the very male dominant kind of side of the party. It's very boyish. The whole thing's very boyish. You can tell it was written by two boys. Yeah. And then you have the badass female leads who are kind of at odds end the last we see them. And you can kind of see that competition between each other happen too. Which happens when you grow up with a bunch of people. I've been in tons of different friend groups and it does happen that way where everybody's at uh odd ends with each other and i mean hopefully there isn't some competition between the two girls but right now they i think they represent each other well as everyone's in the party is really headstrong has a lot of different capabilities and they butt heads because each of them are such big characters, you know? That That's a big part of it, is that they're all big characters. They're, they all have huge personalities. Even Elle, even Will, like, their personalities are really huge, too. Yeah. And they have a lot, a lot to say, and a lot that they feel, <clears throat> even if maybe they're not as good as expressing it as everyone else. Like, if you, it's easy to see a weaker character and a stronger character together, just put them both on the screen together. Throw them both on there. If you put Nancy and Jonathan next to each other, who uh, grapples more attention? It's going to be Nancy. Jonathan Mm -hmm. just is not as strong of a character, which is not to be bad. He's soft-spoken anyway. But if you put the party in a line all on the same screen together, you can't pick who's bigger. (laughs) You know what I mean? They both take up so much 
space. They both speak so loudly. All of them, I mean. I'm really interested to see more of Elle's personality as far as interacting with everybody else. Because she didn't do a lot of interacting in season one. She did a lot of reacting. Mm -hmm. She didn't get to do anything with any of the party members in season two either. I know, like, is she a happy girl? Is she a happy boy or is she a sad boy? Like, yeah. Is, I, she, is she more like Mike or more like Dustin? We, we know that she's, you know, kind of girly. We know that she's bratty. Mm-hmm. We know that she's very stubborn. Mm-hmm. We know that she is very much, like, uh, about what she's about. Like, yeah. the, the couple of things that she has decided she likes, she goes all in. Right. Like, Eggos are her favorite food. Soap operas are her favorite show. You know, she's just... She's very um, intense, yeah. which I, I think is going to be super interesting because Mike is also very intense. Right. They are two very intense people who I'm, make me nervous. Yeah, I'm interested to know, are they going to make, what are they going to focus on? Are they going to focus on party conflicts or are they going to focus on outer conflicts <clears throat> that make them all band together? Are I, they going to tear, tear them apart and come know. together or is there going to be an outward source where they all have to kind of come together and... Of course, there's going to be internal conflicts. I just hope they don't go for those worn and tried tropes of, like, girl against girl or, like, the couples quabbling. I I don't want there to be couples quabbling. I want them to all play soccer. I I really don't (laughs) think that we're going to have any of that bullshit. I I think that... I don't know. I I mean, I don't want to get my hopes up, but I do think that the Duffers are stronger writers than that. There have been plenty of opportunities... For them to do petty bullshit. Right. And they often don't. Right. The biggest instigator of that was Barb and Nancy. And that's... That done been squashed. Right. Um, I guess the only people that we haven't really talked about yet super in depth is Will and Mike. Oh, yeah. I want to talk about the boys. Those are my boyses. Their relationship is one that makes me really, really happy to see. It's intimate. Because you don't get to see boys being emotionally vulnerable with one another. No. And Mike is. Mike's emotionally vulnerable with everyone but Lucas, which is a whole other can of worms. Right. And Will is sensitive. And we see him be emotionally vulnerable with his family a lot. Yeah. And it just warms my cold, shriveled little heart to see them being able to be so openly, like, caring for one another, physically and emotionally supporting one another. Like, it's really beautiful. It's really beautiful. I and feel... I, I'm happy that it's opened up discussion for the kids' sexuality. Because we already been new about Will, (laughs) but it's kind of brought up kind of Mike Wheeler's sexuality, and it's easy to get Mike Wheeler and Finn Wolfhard confused with each other. (laughs) But, you know, they're separate entities, and I like how it's opened up the discussion of a bisexual character, especially in Mike Wheeler. I like that that it's done that, because all that does... Um, I don't know, is just further 
extend the character themselves. Like it definitely makes it, it just broadens the character. Relatable to a lot of people. Yeah, no, I I think it's really important that these discussions are are being brought up, mm-hmm. and I think that, you know, whether you think Will is gay or you don't, mm-hmm. whether you think Mike is bisexual or you don't, whether yeah. you think that they romantically like each other or you don't, you have to admit that it's really special, yeah. not only for the time period that it's set in, but for the fact that it's young boys to see them being so open and, and yeah, vulnerable with one another. It's beautiful, and I, and I really love it, and I really appreciate it. It's tender. It's secretive. Incredibly intimate. It's just all these pure good things, you know? Just fantastic. And you can tell Will is just, that's who Will is. Mm-hmm. He's lucky enough to have a family that's really intimate with each other. They hold each other. They, they talk to each other as if they were equals. Absolutely. They, they do. Jonathan and Joyce um, adore each other. They talk to each other as if they were on an adult level. And in trade, they do that with Will as well, where they're like, dude, I'm going to level with you. You know what I mean? Um, sure. And they, of course, they all sugarcoat things in the way that families do. But at the end of the day, they're very real with each other. They're very open. Much more, and that extends into Will's personality. Much more real than any of the other kids' families are with them. Yeah, all the other ones are kind of bullshit at this point. I really hope that the Duffers go more in-depth with all the families. That'll be so fun. But besides Dustin, it's like... Yeah, the only... The families are... You can just write them off, The you only know? families I actually... The only family I actually want to know anything more about is the Sinclairs. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't care about Karen and Ted... Like, Karen's fine, but I don't care. Yeah. I don't care about... I just don't care. But Lucas's family intrigues me. I'm interested. Mm-hmm. They're the only family that seems stable, but, like... We'll get more of them, for sure. What, what else is going, going on? To. I just want to know their goddamn names. I think we're going to get to know more of them, for sure. Like, why wouldn't they? You know? I guess, yeah, because Erica's going to be a big proponent too exactly like they got to um but what i'm super um a theory that the writers and the producers have squashed really fast is how they're like it's not gonna be season three is not gonna be some happy summer fling okay this isn't grease they're like it's gonna be scary it's gonna be tasty and they're like it's gonna be crazy dark and you're like shut up and let me have this it's supposedly going to be more dark than the other two have been yes and you're like people have died what are you saying and they're like this isn't fucking summer 2017 chloe okay this is the 80s bitch it's raunchy it's gonna be bad and i'm like no because all the kids look so cute (laughs) no i'm excited all the kids look so cute and you're just like can't Elle have fun for 25 minutes it would not be an enjoyable show if everything was happy all of a sudden well no but give them a second oh they'll get their second that's what i'm saying give them a second they'll get like five minutes i'm not saying there can't be conflict of course something interdimensional has to happen but what i am saying is let the damn kids and their scrunchies be kids and scrunchies. Do you know for what like my theory 15 is? Minute. Do you want to hear my theory? Yeah. I think the big monster of season three is capitalism. 
I'm not joking. I'm not. That's not a goof. That's not a. That's not a joke. <laughs> because it's they're all... like throw out the mind flare, throw out no, everything I mean, you've ever okay. known. Well, I think that there's going this to be this is Nixon's country. It is. <laughs> I think that there's going to be, I mean, obviously there's going to be some shit with Brenner and the monsters, whatever, fine. But I think they they made such a big point in letting us all know that they hired a mayor. They made such a big point oh, yeah. in releasing this teaser trailer that's all about the mall. They released this whole thing about how there are people protesting this mall that's being built. Like, this... This better be some Trump, like, backhanded riot. It's not. It's about... <laughs> Who is the president? They just want to ruin a perfectly good 14-year-old's day is what they want to do. Are you the 14-year-old? No, I'm talking about the kids. Talk about Elle specifically. <laughs> Have you seen the clothes she's wearing? She's yes! fine. Can she be happy? She's in suspenders. You can't be sad in suspenders. <sighs> yes, you can. <laughs> Have you ever tried? I'm like, you've never been in suspenders. You know too. Not like well. I have. <laughs> um No, I that's yeah, that's my theory. It's a good it's a fine theory. It's a great theory. <laughs> it's a I wonderful think... theory. I've never even <laughs> sat inside. I hated that. I, never... <laughs> I hated the face you just made. Oh my god. I've never actually sat and thought about it. I'm not in the Stranger Things fandom often. It's a very off, on and off thing. Yeah, I think but I'm... now I'm like thinking about season three and fun stuff might happen. Oh. We know that we're going to get a pool, a pool day. We know that we're going oh. to get some mall fun. We know that we're going to get some ice cream No time. way. <gasps> Shut up. Shut up! No, that's so cute. Well, that's exciting. It is exciting. We know everyone looks great. Will is looking like some Eddie Kasprak gay ass <laughs> in the shorts. Polo and shorts. Polo and shorts. shorts, bitch. Ugh. Choice. Choice. Oh, so good. Choice. I'm glad Will never gets a haircut. I know. They're perfecting the bowl. They're perfecting the bowl. I think it's actually... It's getting better every year. I think it's actually <laughs> just a bowl that they painted hair oh, on. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he has to wear. Mm, yeah. Because that shit don't Love move. Love it. No, it's stiff. His bangs don't swing. Stiff. Oh, my God. For all you stranger thingies out there, is that what you guys are called? No. Is that what the the fandom's called? Stranger thingies? (laughs) We are now. Hi, I'm a stranger thingy. What? Fandoms don't have names, do they? Oh, no, you're right. They don't. Why, Why not, though? Actually, no. No, they don't. Only, like, pairs. I mean, like, pairs and trekkies. Trekkies. What's the Star Wars? The Star Warriors. <sighs> the Shitheads. No, I guess I thought they had names because it's like when you like love a pair, you're like, you stand that pair. Like people that love Byler, they're like, I'm a Byler, and you say that, you know yeah. what I mean? But I forgot that you didn't really do the same thing with the fandom itself. With like the, you're like, I'm part of the Stranger Things fandom. You're not like, I'm a Stranger Things. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm I am a strange thing. Nice <laughs> to meet you. <laughs> Hi, I'm Allie, and I'm a strange thing. Hi, I'm a strange thing, and everyone's like, "Oh, she loves Stranger Things." Ah, <laughs> uh, they'd just be like, "What the fuck?" And your mom's just like, "Yeah, you are." <laughs> you, you said You're a strange it, buddy. Thing, I'll tell you that. Holy shit, strange thing. We have you gotten... make my heart sing. <laughs> you make everything groovy. You make everything strange. You make everything strange. We have gotten so off topic so fast. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you have any questions? Oh, questions from the audience. Oh, bah! questions from the audience. Oh, Anyone? bitch. Mm. I might. Um. Get us back on topic. You know what I think is super funny? Is that people can't tell our voices apart. What? I've gotten so many messages that are like, I can't tell your guys' voices apart. I feel like we're so... Love the show, though. I feel feel like we're so obnoxiously different. Maybe not as much as I thought. Uh... I'm sure we have the same inflections, but it's like... I don't don't even know how to make it more clear. Either. I'm... Allie, and I'm a stranger thing. I'm Chloe, and I'm an it, it. <laughs> and you're a sewer clown. And I'm an it. And you're a clown fucker. And I'm Stephen King's Chloe. <laughs> you covered it. Oh my god, that, oh my god, that's how I need to introduce myself to everyone I'm, i'll just start saying that in front of every word I'm i'll be like <laughs> i'd be like what'd you get from uber eats and he'd be like can you guess and i'm like did you get stephen king's tie time <laughs> stephen king's in front of everything he's written every book every book you've Have ever you read seen stephen king's new shane dawson video <laughs> <laughs> oh is that the stephen king's jeffrey star palette i'm gonna smoke stephen king's weed <laughs> don't take his weed, you bitch. No, don't take his coke. More like it. Don't take his coke. Um, we just officially got a PG thirteen rating. PG thirteen. That's on our podcast. Oh, because we just now because we mentioned coke. Uh huh. Because we mentioned Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh funk. Okay. But no, yeah. Questions. 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 Uh, I'll take anything. Oh, okay. Well, we kind of already talked about this one. Yeah. Who sent it? Um, my friend Kaisa Summer and Yay! Hawkins. Love her. Kaisa! She asked, "What do you think the plans for them for in season three are?" Mm. And I think more specifically, she was talking about the adults because we did the adults episode last time. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but we definitely got into some of our fun. Fun, wild, and crazy theories. Yeah. As to season three, capitalism. Well, it's as, a killer. As far as the kids go, um, I'm looking to see a lot of Eleven and Dustin interactions, and I know everyone in the fucking world, including including Stephen King, is looking to see Will and Elle oh. interact. Oh, I'm so excited. Oh, that actually brings up a super good thing that I wanted to get into. And what I want, what I have decided that I 
Because I already know that my little shitty, stupid dreams are going to come true. I already know that Ella and Max are going to be friends. I already know that Will and Elle are going to be siblings in some capacity. We've been new. I'm positive and I feel it in my heart. That's beautiful. But what I want, what is on my wish list for season three, yeah. is for Mike and Lucas to be emotionally vulnerable with one another. Because Mike has been able to be open about his feelings with everyone except for Lucas. Right. And I was just talking about, we were were just talking about this with some of our friends online, about how it feels like it's because there is this stupid, dumb masculinity thing behind it that doesn't exist really for either of them with anybody else. I mean, maybe for Lucas with Dustin. Right. But Lucas obviously has the capacity to be empathetic and to be emotional. Yeah. And we we know that Mike does. Right. All he does is fucking cry. Yeah, yeah. So why don't why don't we get that from them? I hope we get a little special breakdown of character. I noticed that Dustin's always been used for like the comedic relief. I'm sure we're going to get a good storyline with Dustin. I'm sure we are cuz you focused a lot on him in season two. He deserves more than that, though. I think as far as Mike and Lucas go, they both didn't really get to interact at all season two, which is another big thing that the season, just what I would call a kind of a time constraint flaw would be the kids all didn't really get to interact with each other as much as you thought they would. It was They remained big... separated again, and you're like, no opposite of what I wanted. I didn't want them all to go on their timeless adventures, you know. It was a big shake-up from season one, <clears throat> and it was less fun, definitely, but I think it was important. Yeah, because there's I think, different type of story writing. I think that we're going to get that good, very 80s group fun in yeah. season three. I think that's what uh, such a, I think that's the majority of the fun part is going to be. Yeah. So I think that if they had done that three times in a row, we'd be like, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm happy for the break, as painful as it was. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, that's true, but you love the Goonies because they're the Goonies. Yeah, you don't love the Goonies because they all went on a timeless adventure of self-discovery and fed candy to an alien. But I don't you want them to hang think out. I would have enjoyed if the Goonies had two other movies that were the same story. Mm. There just better be some good reunion. I better get my. I better get touched. I want to cry. My heart better get touched. I don't cry often during Stephen movies. King's, Stephen King's Stranger Things. Stephen King's The Duffers Stranger Things. <laughs> Stephen King's <laughs> Netflix's The Duffers Stranger Things. Yes, it better touch my heart. Oh, brilliant, excellent, oh. and good. Oh. To to make a long and kind of all-over-the-place rant concise, I definitely think that something that Stranger Things does very strongly is portray not only how each of these kids are very different, but how each of these kids treats the people they care about. And it's mm-hmm. always with a, with a degree a varying degree of loyalty and respect and love 
they are, in my opinion, I think that they are platonic soulmates. They all love each other, and they all really complete each other. I think that's been hard for me to get my head wrapped around the first two seasons because they're so young and so juvenile. But I think as they grow older, that bond is only going to be represented better and better. I think they're all going to fully realize what they mean to each other. Mm Because we're at a point with everyone where they can't, besides Will and Mike, honestly, where they can't fully say out loud in blatant terms, I'm in love with you and I want to live with you forever. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? The way soulmates can. But I'm hoping they can reach that point. Or they can look at Mike yes. and Lucas can look at each other and Mike can just say, you're really important to me and I love you. And Lucas can reciprocate and go, I love you too. Yeah. I'm hoping we can reach a point where they can just be blatant about their feelings. We can, it can be like friends. You know, friends. God. <laughs> Not like friends, but in a way that they all represent clearly how much they mean to each other. I agree. I think that we're, we're getting there. Yeah. I mean, for one thing, we all know that they love each other. Like, we, we want that, that for them. But for two, you can't really go through something that traumatic without either falling apart from one another or becoming stronger. Right. And I don't see them, any of them, being the type of people to bounce. You heard it here first. Except <laughs> they ain't gonna bounce. Except for L, she might bounce. Stephen King's L might bounce. <laughs> Ooh, what if Elle bounces? I want Polly to come back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we could go on forever on multiple tangents, just as we have, but I think we're going to cut it off there. And I hope that wasn't too all over the place, and I also hope that maybe you guys I hope can it was. tell our voices apart I hope it was bit. all over the place. Yeah. I hope it left you confused. And wanting more. I hope and you, you'll get more I next hope week. You never want to listen again. <laughs> I hope I hope it disgusted you, offended you. I really don't. I really hope you guys liked it. And we'll be back next week with uh, part two, this time with um the Losers Club. Yeah. Which I cannot I can't wait to get into. I'm gonna go take a little potty break and we'll see you next week. This has been the Losers Party and our headcanon of the week. Is that when Radiohead's Creep come out, Jonathan cries for three days. Mm. Oh, yeah, Jonathan's going to love it. I can't wait for Jonathan to hear it, honestly. (laughs) Okay, bye. bye! Bye!